0: I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and
1: Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. Hey, welcome to Woven. We are in our middle series where we're talking about being in the middle and balancing different Big, heady concepts. The one we're on this week is surrender. This will um, wrap up this series. And this is part two of an interview with Jennifer Dukes-Lee. So if you didn't listen to last week, she had some really good things to say on surrendering our to-do list to God rather than making God part of our to-do list. Um, and little wonderful nuggets of wisdom such as that. So tune in to last week's. And then this week's we're going to wrap up the conversation and talk about how to do well as women who are busy. And how surrendering doesn't necessarily mean putting your feet up and, you know, drinking a cup of tea all day, but it does sometimes. And how do you know the difference? And oh my gosh, brrr,
0: this is how. Okay. Tune in. Okay. So you said two-faced heart. What do you mean by that? I mean, I know what you mean by that, mm-hmm. but so that our listeners- I
2: call that a lot and I should explain that for sure. <laughs> uh, I have a, uh, it's, there is a word in Latin called, I'm going to mess this up, simul- Ectus Peccator, and it's um, Latin for both saint and sinner, Mm. that at all times, these are both at work in me. I am a both and person. I both desire to do God's will in this world, and I don't do it. (laughs) I both desire to only seek God's glory, but again and again, I do things for my own. I both Write books saying to let go of control, and I do all that I can to get my arms around everything as if I'm hurting baby kittens. I'll write a book on choosing happiness, and I will cry myself to sleep. Yeah. So it's that idea of my heart being both a, a des- desiring to do the holy and righteous thing, but the reality of my actions not always living up to it. And that, and that's I mean that's the basis of why we need the cross because we just we were never able to figure out how to do it on our own. And so God is in the in the process of constantly sanctifying and transforming and and making anew that part of my two-faced heart that continues to doubt and betray and make poor choices.
1: Yeah. And I think like too that's why we need community. Yes. as you're walking in this tension, you, we can't always discern ourselves, you know, and maybe we're not meant to do that all the time either. Like, I'll never forget, I was in a small group 10 years ago with this girl who for three weeks we prayed about if she should work for the Starbucks a mile from her house or a half mile from her house. Mm-hmm. And I was just like... I- you just have to pick it. Like, it's fine. Just pick the stars. you know? (laughs) But it was like, that was her, and I'm not trying to like bash her, but it was just, it was, I think a lot of people have that attitude where we're like, well, God's going to show me like, you know, this perfect scenario. And sometimes it's like, you just need to go get a job. You just need to go get a job. And we were able in in that community aspect to gently and more nicely than I'm saying right now, be like, well, (laughs) I think, um, I think it's fine whichever one you work for, I think it's fine, but because we can go down those rabbit trails and just kind of, you know, expect the Holy spirit to tell us what cereal to eat for breakfast. And sometimes <laughs> it's just not like necessary, yeah. you know? So I think he has yeah, a he's of course, correct.
2: If we fear off course, yes. but okay. he's not going to just toss us aside and say, well done with her moving on. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, 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 he's constantly there, like even when we backslide, even when we you know, fall into old patterns, even if we um wear the wrong socks or eat the wrong cereal. You know, it's just he's yeah. I, I think that we just need to back off a little bit and just chill about some of those decisions.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Um so sometimes I feel like we can hear talks like this and be like, well, that all sounds great what do I do?
0: You know, like, how do
1: I practically take this idea that I really like and that I agree with? And I'm like, yeah, my life's frazzled. I do want to take steps into living in this freedom. And we've already talked about kind of figure out what type of controller you are, kind of surrender those parts to God. But are there any other, um, you know, like practical steps to walking into this freedom and the yoke and all of that that you can share?
2: Absolutely. So, um, at the, actually, at the end of every single chapter of It's All Under Control, I have a section called Cracking the Control Code. Mm-hmm. And they are very specific, intentional steps I've, uh, that I have um, laid out that I've tried myself, and I know they work. Um, but the control code is like the system of ideas and rules and behaviors that we have set for ourselves to keep lives in order. And so we want to crack that code. That way, we understand why we operate the way we do, and then we can replace old systems with healthy patterns of living. And so, you know, one of the first steps that I have women do in this book is that they um, basically do a brain dump. They write down everything that they re- feel responsible for at this time in their lives, like everything—the good stuff, the bad stuff, the beautiful stuff, the ugly stuff, things that are hard, things that are easy—writing mm-hmm. it all down. And um, I take them through a a plan of figuring out what stays on the list and what just needs to go. Mm -hmm. And something very practical that your listeners might be interested in. And there's still time to join um, this challenge. It's called the Busy to Best Challenge. It's from September 24th to October 1. It's one week only. Um, It's for women who feel like they're having to be in control of a lot of things. But I take them through a week-long process of figuring out what to do, delegate, And dismiss, Mm -hmm. so that by the time that week is over, they've moved from just being crazy busy to choosing the best. So that's why I call it the Busy to Best Challenge. And um, it comes with the book. It comes with tons of resources: a journal, notepads, uh, worksheets, diagrams, and access to me in a private Facebook page all week long, where I'm serving as their surrender mentor. You know that might not be something that everybody could do. So there are other, other simple things that you can do um you know like even just this um try placing a chair or picturing one in whatever room you're in like where you're working i know it sounds really weird but um as a person who put god on the to-do list and needed to make sure i was partnering him with in the work that he wanted me to do um I have to like actually imagine him sitting with me wherever i am i 'm a very visual person, um, so that like he 's not a watchdog for my behavior, but as a friend and a work partner engaged in the work that i 'm doing as a mom, as a writer, as a wife um, so that would be one little thing that you could do um, also um, to make a list of activities that activate your awareness of your whole self body mind and spirit um oftentimes we um split ourselves up as a body or just using our mind and we sort of put spirit aside so think of activities that activate your awareness of the wholeness of yourself as mind body and spirit um Maybe it's an activity that brought you joy in the past, but that you've let slide over the years. Um, And then, you know, maybe commit to doing one of those activities by the end of this week. Mm
0: -hmm. That
2: could be a way to sort of let go of control. It's really um, a form of rest, but I think it helps. It helps me. Um, So for me, it was actually getting back to exercise, actually waking up at six in the morning to go in and exercise three days a week that activates my body but it's also really activates my mind it helps me work better and it activates my spirit i just feel like i'm working on my temple yes (laughs) yes yes. so um you know there's lots of ideas in the book and and if you have a question in particular one i'd be happy to to share some more but i I love the idea of giving people practical ideas to do what i'm suggesting needs to be done and i've done
0: them and they work Mm-hmm. I um I first off I like the name of the challenge busy to best because um I think that lots of times in Christian subculture we talk about busy to nothing like yes! so like so or are, are busy to rest which I agree with rest we all need rest there's there's scientific proof for why we need rest i mean god makes us sleep for a reason but i but <laughs> I, there's just so much about how if, if you're busy and you're stressed out, then you just need to get rid of everything. So I like, so you have the the three other D's besides the drivers, devoters and darlings was do dismiss and delegate. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so can you talk about that for a second?
2: Yeah. So this whole challenge in busy to best is based on chapter nine of the book where I help people, do delegate and dismiss, so you look at everything on your list, and I take women through a process of figuring out what they 're actually called to do, which is really fun, knowing that this is stuff that I get to do to partner with god and frankly some of it 's not fun some of it 's just like wow you know i've got i've got a i've got two parents who are really struggling with their health i mean they 're getting better, but i 've got an amputee father and a mom who um, went through six weeks of a terrible infection. And dad lived with us. We didn't know mom was going to make it at the beginning. And, you know, that's hard. I don't want to have to live through that, you know, but that's part of my do, right. Is to help my aging parents. And it's a privilege. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade for anything, but like figuring out what you're supposed to do, like what, what you're really on the hook for, figuring out what to delegate, which is so hard for women. Nobody wants to ask for help. And some women are just like, well, if I want it done the right way, then I'm going to have to do it myself. Um, we don't ask for help because we're afraid that, that somebody won't come through or that we'll be rejected. And like, they're busy too. Why, why should they want to take on my, help me take on my stuff? Um, so delegating is really hard. I spent a lot of time on that and that busy to best challenge. And then finally, what to dismiss. A lot of things that are sitting on our plates are there just because we've always done them. Mm-hmm. I was the vacation Bible school leader for many years in this community, and I was afraid to dismiss it because I didn't want to disappoint parents, and I was afraid that another leader wouldn't rise up. And so, mm-hmm. I really did it longer than I should have, and probably the program suffered as a result. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody else did come in, and the the VBS is flourishing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, figuring out what you've maybe had on your plate for a while that just simply needs to be dismissed or that you've said yes to because you thought you ought to. So really empowering women to make some good choices so they, they can go into, you know, kind of the school year, which is for women, it feels like the beginning of the year. A lot of times like when school starts, then this is when that's like when I sort of make my new year's resolution. Yes, I know it yeah, is <laughs> for me too. Yeah. <laughs> this will be the, the year. i got all this time now. This is what I'm going to do. Yes. So for, <laughs> I'm going to write my book. Yeah, <laughs> like, this will be the time I strike. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure lots of books start to be written about like September 8th, right after Labor Day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, I think that's why I wanted to do it in September is to try to get women on the right path right away, and then I've got a Bible study that that comes that they could do after that if they want to go
1: deeper. So.
0: Yeah, uh, what something you said in there triggered um, a quote from the book um, in my brain about um, when well, you're talking about VBS, and um, I this is my tendency is if I've been doing something for a while, it's this idea that if I don't do it, nobody else will rise up and do it. There's and it's not it's not a oh my gosh, I'm so good and nobody's as good as me. It's more of like if I don't do it, then people will be disappointed. And so yes. you talk about how that's pride, and I've had to I've had to come to a realization that that is a prideful thing in me. But you say, I think it starts by acknowledging that pride can masquerade as love. We think it's all on us, but it's not on us. It's on God. Pride says, I know more than God. More than God, what is good for my life and what is good for my people? Besides, I'm doing this out of love. God says, "Trust a love greater than your own. This does not depend on you. Instead, you must depend on me." So, this idea that that is we we like to say, "Oh, I I'm doing this for everybody else, and I'm so loving and 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 that really is pride." And, yes, um, and I've had to recognize that in myself. The areas where I'm called to dismiss, but I'm too scared to dismiss it because somebody else won't do it or it won't be done right or people won't be taken care of. And then that's that's prideful. That is not love. Right. Yeah. It starts out as love. You know, I love these kids in the vacation
2: Bible school program. But somehow I bought into the notion that I'm the only one that can love these kids well or something, you know? Like somebody within weeks, rose up and said, I'd be glad to do that. And I think when we dismiss or when we learn to delegate, we allow a space for other people to come in and um, do the work that they were uniquely created by God to do. So um, there is a gift in letting some things go because it opens up an opportunity for someone else to do it.
0: Yeah. I have a very personal example that just struck me um, that happened this year. So um, I've on the PTA at my kid's school because I'm a driver, and so <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on the executive council. And um, the president role was opening up because the president was um, had served her two years, and it was time for somebody else to roll on. And it was just automatically assumed that I was going to take on the role because I was the vice president. Mm-hmm. And I I just I guess I had just assumed that's what I was going to do. And then in praying about what was next for me, God was like, no. That is not what's next for you. And that I'm calling you to these XYZ things, the podcast, continue with my writing. There are other areas that he's having me serve in the community and at church. And but my first instinct was like, oh, no, then who's going to do it? Like, is there anybody else out there can do it? And it was totally prideful. It was totally this pride that if I don't do it, nobody else is going to be able to do it. And then the PTA is going to suffer and the school is going to go to hell in a handbasket, <laughs> which is... <laughs> i mean i I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but like it, and then you know what? I was like, God, in a rare moment for me, I said, I surrender this to you, you're in control. this is not an area I am called to control, and the woman that has now risen up to be the p t a president is not somebody who had been serving on the board, but she is the perfect person for the job, and God brought just the right person into that position because she is who's called to do that like that. And she is perfectly equipped and is better than I can imagine um, for that person in that role. And I'm so grateful that I'm not yet, <laughs> because I, that is not where God is calling me to. So I would not feel life in that. Um, God is calling me to other areas where I do feel that I give life. And um, so that's just a real practical example for me personal in my personal life yeah so um, i think that it's going through that process of knowing what to delegate and what to dismiss and recognizing those areas where you're having sh- struggle dismissing it knowing that, that that's an area of pride and mm-hmm. to to call that out for what it is
1: and i so think absolutely. like the whole thing with a lot of the things that we're called to keep working at and to keep are things that sometimes don't bear immediate fruit and like the things that we're called to dismiss are the things we're getting that hit of instant gratification and feeding yes. those, you know, parts of us that need to feel recognized and all of that. Like, that's yes. the thing. Like if you did PTA, you would be like, look at me. But now it's like, what are you called to? You're called to a podcast where we hear ourselves talk and we're like, is anyone listening? Is it? I mean, we know you're listening, but we don't get feedback. Right. And then we right. are doing these things and you're writing a book, which is lonely and hard and you're, mm-hmm. it's full of rejection. So of course you would naturally kind of be like, I need something to immediately yeah, exactly. these things. But, but that's the hard thing about letting go is you have to see like, what am I getting from it that I'm wanting to keep doing it and then surrender that and say, God, you're supposed to provide for me recognition and love. And these things that I'm trying to pull and pull through from places around me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. Oh, wait, I have have another question. Okay. Okay. Can we talk about delegating? Because I feel like do and dismiss those make sense. Delegating is like, I still kind of have my hand in it. I'm still overseeing. I think that is the hardest one for me is to delegate. Can we talk a little about good (laughs) delegating and what that looks like? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's multiple problems with asking
2: for help and delegating. Um, One of them is that we would rather be the helper than the helped, Mm -hmm. especially if you have an achieving kind of personality. And so there's a shift in the relationship that leaves us feeling a little bit uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. uh, leaves us feeling a little bit powerless. And then, like you said, Rebecca, that um, you're still overseeing it, right? Like. Mm And so then it, collaboration like that just sounds like a lot more trouble than it's worth, because what if they don't do it the way that you want it done? Because yeah. you're still saying it. it's different than dismissing it. And so, um, you know, I think about um, that story in the Gospels, and there's this paralyzed man, and he needs the healing of Jesus, but there's no way that he could have done it on his own. And some some woman out there, one of your listeners is like, yeah, I can't do this on my own, but I don't know how to ask for help. Well, this man had a few good friends, and those friends picked up the corner of that man's mat and they carried him to a house where Jesus was teaching. And when they got there, they discovered that there were so many people there that the doorway to the house was blocked. And so the friends carried the man to the roof, cut a hole in it right over Jesus' head, and then they they lowered him down. And so when I think about this story in terms of delegation, I would have never let them cut a hole in the roof to drop me at the feet of Jesus. I'm like, we're not doing it that way. That's not the rules. You don't cut a hole in a roof. But, <laughs> you know, thank the Lord that he gives us innovative friends who will stop at nothing to get us the help that we need. Who, you know... I. I would have been so bossy that I wouldn't have wanted help on any terms except for my own. And I would have bossed my friends around. Around, um, I would have just convinced them to negotiate a way through the crowd. But what if they're going to use a re- really unique way to maybe bring you straight to the feet of Jesus mm-hmm. in this situation, um, in the most innovative way possible? Um, I just know that to follow Christ has always meant helping and serving, and I've never had any trouble with that part. But to follow Christ is to humble yourself enough to allow others to be Christ to you.
1: Yeah, that's the hard part. It really yeah. it happens in the moment
2: when we allow ourselves to be helped. And there's no doubt that it takes a special kind of vulnerability. I interviewed some people um, who were like us <laughs> that, that didn't really like to ask for help. And um, one of those women was was Holly. And uh, she had struggled with cancer, um, wasn't the kind of person to ask for much help. And uh, she said, um that a lot of people said, gee, you didn't have to do something so drastic drastic as get cancer to ask me for a favor. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so she, she had learned that asking for help was not some weakness in her, but it was actually an opportunity to become closer to a loved one. So for those of us who are drivers and, and devoters and darlings, especially devoters who are so motivated by love, so motivated by love. Asking for help is actually an opportunity to grow closer to a loved one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I struggle. Uh, I mean, I think we all, I think women just in general struggle with that, but I definitely um, struggle. And um, that's one of the areas of, um, that I focus on in my book is just this idea that um, if you ask for help or if you um, show any signs of weakness, then then you there's something wrong with you and um, and you're not there then you really aren't who you said you were Um, if you can't if you can't be responsible and you can't keep every because my personality is I do keep all these balls moving and for the most part I can keep them going and um, I'm a multitasker and I am competent I am like, for the most part, that is who I am. And so if I ever drop a ball and have to ask for help picking it back up, then I'm exposing weakness. And then I'm actually showing people who I really am. And that's a very vulnerable thing. And it is it is hard, at least for my personality to be vulnerable. And you have to be vulnerable in those moments of asking. And it is so hard. Um, it sure is. Yeah. And that's a big heartbeat, though, of our podcast is collaboration. When I um, when I felt called to podcasting, I was actually at a Hope Writer's Conference our high retreat in the fall. And I was like, okay, so I know I need to build my platform. I don't really want to do it with XYZ things that you're supposed to do to build your platform. But I really like to talk. <laughs> and I really like listening to podcasts. So Let's do a podcast. And I'm like, well, I want to co-host. And that was a huge, um, humbling thing for me to say that I wanted someone to help me with it. And um, that is kind of the heartbeat of our podcast is that we do it together. We do it together, and yeah. what I bring to the table and what you bring to the table are different. Mm-hmm. And 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 learning how to work through that. I mean, sometimes it's hard, but like working together, mm-hmm. and that and that that's the body, and that is how Christ calls us to live in community. And it's but sometimes it's hard for sure.
1: And I was going to say, like, I mean, for people like me who aren't really awesome at keeping a bunch of balls in the air and who feel <laughs> disorganized all the time. It is very reassuring to see someone like y'all make a mistake. And I'm like, <laughs> like, <laughs> really though, like, I really appreciate it because I mean, it's like, you know, comparisons of thief of joy, but we all do it. And I mean, so many times I'm like, well, this person look at all that she does and look what she can do. And it's like, when you make a mistake, I'm like, I'm not like happy you made a mistake, but I'm just like, man, okay. Like whew, I can, it's okay that I make mistakes too. It's like, it gives me permission. And so yeah, it like, if you, are perfect. Doll- like someone said this to me about my kids. Cause I mean, I try to be this like perfect mom, which I know neither of you can relate to, um, <laughs> but I try so hard. And someone was like, if you're a perfect mom to your kids, then they're going to grow up and think they have to be a perfect mom and they're not going to be able to live up to it if they never saw you mess up. So you're actually doing them kind of a disservice by showing them perfection. Not that that's a risk for me, but that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that thing. And so it's just, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, it's a certain grace to show other people who maybe aren't as capable. Like it's okay. Like I'm really not perfect. I'm really good, but I'm not perfect. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like a sigh of relief for people like me. So just FYI. I <laughs> love it. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go, go purposely, purposely mess up. Some <laughs> things
0: today. And your girls can see that it's okay. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> um, yeah. That's awesome. But, but the, the, the key is that you have to Instagram that because we tend not to Instagram yeah. our mistakes. So that's a problem. True. Yep. That's true. That's true. Um, Anything else? Do you have anything else you want to share with the listeners about the book that we didn't hit on? Well, I think just um,
2: just to approach all of this with a measure of grace towards yourselves, and I think a lot of the reason that we want to have things under control is um, this motivator of love, and even sometimes that can spill over into our relationship with the Lord, like, look what I'm doing for you. Look how much I love you. Mm -hmm. And every day to just take a little bit of time to hear God speaking back to you saying, oh, honey, look how much I love you.
1: Oh, yes.
2: No, it's look how much I love you. You don't have to earn your worth. You don't have to do all of these things to try to show anybody, especially me, your Lord and Savior, that um, you are worthy of my love. So uh, that would be my encouragement in closing to the women and the men. Maybe if you have been
1: listening, we have a smattering. It's <laughs> <A smattering. laughs> because I force <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> them. Been listening. You are loved, yeah. just as you are.
1: Oh, yeah. that's
0: so good. Yeah. So okay. So. Um it's all under control and the the subtitle a journey of letting go, hanging on and finding a peace you almost forgot was possible. It comes out September 18th, correct? Yes, yeah. and the Bible study as well. Okay, they awesome. both are coming out together. Yes. And you can pre-order them now on Amazon. So, and then she talked about, uh, Jennifer talked about the Busy to Best Challenge, which I'm assuming you can find on your website.
2: Yes, time is ticking on that because we'll send these kits out that will land on your doorstep. Um, we want we want you to have those before september 24th so if that's something that interests you just go check it out um, i've got all the information that you would need at the busy to best dot com or pop over to
0: my website jenniferdukeslee.com and just follow the links and we'll also link to all of this in the show notes so you don't have to go like you know Type into the browser because I know that is so much work. So we'll just yes. we'll put a link in the show notes. You so can, can click you on can it. delegate that to us. Yes, we'll, we'll put the link. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well. Thank
1: you, Jennifer. Yes. It's a pleasure having you. On. It has been
0: a joy, and um, thank you for having us. And for everybody who's listening, um, please go check out Jennifer's website, and you can find out more about her other books as well. If you if you like what you've heard, and um, we will see you next time.
1: thanks again for listening y'all this will wrap up our middle series so we just wanted to um recap what that was in case you missed any of them episodes 20 and 21 we interviewed miss sandy cooper on balance on episode 22 we interviewed heather McFadden about our callings and then on episodes um 23 and 24 we've just wrapped up with jennifer dukesley talking about surrender so Um, this has been a really good series and I encourage you if you haven't had a chance to listen to all of them just to go back and if one of those sticks out to you give it a listen and coming up next time you hear from us it's going to be our 25th episode so we're going to do kind of a reflection and a looking back and looking forward and give you a little preview of our next series so till then have a great week